always plenty to talk about in, in terms of EPL, but, uh, I mean, looking at the at Champions League back this morning, uh, plenty of midweek Premier League action uh, continues to, to come across cup competitions as well. Obviously, we've just come off the international break, which would have been last week's show, which I wasn't here for, uh, of course. So uh, plenty of action. I think might as well jump right in uh, with Champions League talk. Man City with a, another classic entertaining game, and I reckon that's about all we even need to talk about. Yep, well covered. <laughs> Nicely done. Yep, done. Yep. 5-0 win uh, away. I, I, I can say a few things if you like. <laughs> sure. uh, I, I did, I did uh, well, I was watching the other game, obviously, because yes. who's going to watch sporting? Although, as, as I heard, equally is disappointing that game for uh, a different reason. Yes and no, yes and no. Uh, Manchester City put on a clinic uh, in mm. Lisbon, and particularly special for Bernardo Silva, who is, of course, a former Benfica, Benfica junior and played at the club for 12 well. or 13 years. So, the couple of former Benfica players in the lineup. So, a little bit of extra significance, and they certainly got it done in emphatic fashion. And that half volley from Ooh. Bernardo Silva was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, fantastic. He would have had a hat trick as well had the uh, second half header not been uh, disallowed, but it was 4 0 at half time. I mean, it was 3-0 after half an hour, and the tie's well and truly over at that point. I mean, to be honest, it was over as soon as the balls came out of the pots, uh, you know, in all fairness to uh, to Sporting Lisbon. But, I mean, we, we tend to have this conversation probably every year when the Champions League knockout stages start and Man City have a big win in their first, in, in the round of 16, or if it's in the quarterfinal. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold had a... A slight dig. He he said uh, no no digs intended, but he he mentioned uh, he was asked this morning uh, ahead of Liverpool's game tomorrow about um, you know is there an expectation for Liverpool to win trophies now? Will there be any disappointment uh, if they don't win any trophies? And he said no. You know there's there, there's no disappointment, etc. You look at no digs. You look at Man City's team, and they haven't won the Champions League yet. So that is still the the, the large elephant in the room for Man City. It has to happen at some point. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, Surely. We, we know that the strength of Pep Guardiola teams, including this Man City team, is their consistency and their relentlessness. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily bode well for kind of one-off or home-and-away fixtures that, that you get in the Champions League. We know that. That's well documented. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, City doing what they want, what, what they needed to do or what they would have liked to do just to kind of take that pressure off straight away. Don't have to worry about the, the second leg, particularly because we know how can congested this part of the season is when they've got so many competitions and they're doing so much travel but um yeah well I, I think as as you've rightly alluded to Nick uh with TAA's comments the discussion of I think Man City really want to actually win the Champions League this year I mean they'll they'll keep winning things pretty much no matter what but mm. the, the question becomes as it does seemingly every year can they translate that into this knockout cup uh tournament format competition which they haven't they have in some context been able to do, but not don't, in the Champions League. Don't try and knock out yeah, the microphone. Sorry. It hasn't done anything to you, Oscar. really passionate about <laughs> it, I guess, yeah. But, no, you're exactly right. And, and as I said, it is that elephant in the room for Manchester City because they've won literally every other competition multiple times in the last seven, ten years probably. Um, just off the top of my head, what is it? Probably four Premier League titles now since the first one in 2012. They've win the League Cup just about every year apart from this year where they're not in the final. Uh, a couple of FA Cups as well. Um, and I think it's it's probably probably the manner in which they've been knocked out of past Champions League campaigns as well. Um, last year, obviously, losing a f- the final in a 
quite an insipid display against uh, Chelsea in that final year before was, of course, the lockdown one when they lost to Lyon when Pep Guardiola decided to play a three at the back for the first time all season. Um, and then the, final. The, the previous ones before that, yeah. Spurs and, uh, and Liverpool, where, I mean, they were pre- probably a little bit hard done by with the Spurs one considering... Fernando Llorente scored with his arm. Well, yeah, you do remember the scenes at the end as well with the offside with him sterling goal and and Guardiola with his head in his hands. I mean, I I found it uh, quite amusing in the final last season where uh, Guardiola just decided to withdraw his midfield from the contest. (laughs) That's the only reason they haven't won this thing is Guardiola overthinks it, does something crazy every single time in the Champions League because they're obsessed with winning this competition. He just overthinks it and then somehow... You know, they deviate from the formula that is so successful in league football and in the earlier stages of the Champions League where they've racked up, I mean, more goals than anybody in the space of time that they've competed. And this is a stat. The 14th team to score 200 goals in the UEFA Champions League. Yeah, big whoop. But it's <laughs> taken just 97 games to score 200 goals, That's which is fewer than any of the other 13 teams who've got there before them mm. by quite a margin. So this team is completely dominant and are their own worst enemy in the big games. Will that change this season? I think they have a pretty good chance. Yeah, you you would think so. They're, they're, they're doing the business again in the Premier League and it, it is the one that, that continues to elude them. Like I said to, to Oscar before, there is that inevitability. It is going to happen at some stage. And, you know, we talk about um, Pep sort of overthinking. Like He's done it before, uh, Twice with Barcelona, I think, 09 mm-hmm. and 11 he would have been around for. Um, Neville with Bayern, which was, again, one of his bigger criticisms coming from Germany and, and still hasn't done it at Man City. But we know the calibre of Pep. We know the calibre of um, of the squad. And it probably is uh, only a matter of time, especially if they continue to get uh, handed the easiest draw in each round, <laughs> as they uh, they often tend to do. And, of course, we're also talking about this in the week where Chelsea won the Club World Cup, so yeah. talking about them joining that don't tell Don't tell Craig Burley. No, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> talking about it when Chelsea kind of adding that to, I think, have won like pretty much every competition that's ever been made in football history. Yeah. Kind of thing now, and Man City obviously wanting to do that as well. That's kind of, they have that, that blueprint in front of them, so that would probably be in the minds of the people at Man City to see Chelsea achieving in that way, so that they'll be desperate to replicate that, I'd imagine. It also helps that I think the calibre of opposition is not as high this season in the yeah. rest of Europe, I wouldn't say. For sure. I think their closest contenders are in the Premier League. I mean, we'll see what Inter does against Liverpool. I think that's going to be very uh, instructive, I should say, from the perspective of Serie A versus Premier League and the actual standard at play there. But from what I saw this morning as PSG beat Real Madrid was two teams with a series of players who were past their best, who were playing a style of football from a previous era, particularly Real Madrid, who was so passive in mm. that game. It was incredible how deep they were sitting. And PSG, we know, is just such a flawed, incomplete side with a manager that doesn't suit the players and a group of players that doesn't seem to suit any manager. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that um, the Real Madrid sort of tactic of that sitting back will touch on it briefly but I guess it, it speaks to the the broader Champions League outlook is there's no away goals this time around which a lot of people quickly sort of put two and two together where Real Madrid playing away in Paris 
were were much less inclined to to be on the front foot and to sneak an away goal where they were happy with if you know get a nil nil away from home then you just have to win your game at home mm. which seems like a perfectly sound and and, and reasonable tactic but uh, yeah in terms of creating a spectacle on the pitch it, it certainly didn't uh, didn't seem to light um, light any flares if, if you like. But yeah, the the away goals is is going to be something which is is interesting. I'm I, I'm not a fan of of them getting rid of it. I mean, it's it's one that you always hate when your team gets knocked out on away goals. But it does create that extra element to a knockout tie. I, I have a degree of sympathy for kind of these rule makers because I remember yeah. all the time hearing people complain about yeah, the away so true. goals and saying, <laughs> "Oh, it's such an outdated concept. Like, why are we still wasting our time with this kind of thing? It doesn't." Add anything to, to the competition, and so kind of you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't when you're making yeah. that that ruling. Which which you know I, I understand both sides of the argument, and so it'll be I think it'll be interesting to observe how teams change their approach this season without the away goals, and, and kind of maybe assess at the end to see whether we think that creates a greater spectacle kind of thing. I just quickly to go back when we're talking about the competition that Man City face, of course. I mean, in my mind, the main, you know, apart from Inter, which we'll obviously learn a lot about, we've got Bayern as well, who aren't as dominant as they have been, but you've got a really yep. interesting case of Julian Nagelsmann there and how that, how he would vary against Pep if they were to come up with their, you know, in this in this current iteration of City mm. and Bayern. So that could be a really interesting test for them. But yeah, other than that, as Josh says, largely Premier League opposition that will be the main blocks in the way yeah main stumbling block i think um i mean there's always the chance i guess with psg that one of their individual players comes up with something i mean neymar didn't even start this game so i guess it has to be uh mbappe but special goal yeah it was a pretty special goal i would also say that the defending was almost conditioned by what had happened earlier with the penalty yeah. In a similar position, and you can see um, Militao pull out of that challenge and so forth. But you know, we don't need to mi- <laughs> like put a microscope on these teams yeah. on the on the EPL show uh, because we're here to talk about English football. And <laughs> my takeaway from that game is, I think an English team will win the Champions League yeah. again based on based on that. And you know, there's Bayern, uh, there's obviously Juventus and Inter, but. To be honest, I don't really see it for any of those teams. It doesn't seem to be coming together. I think it's it's City or Liverpool or maybe Chelsea again. Yeah, I I, I think particularly as the Premier League season goes on, I think certainly if it continues in the way that you know Man City continue to dominate and Liverpool can you know have their sort of one or two slip ups between now and May, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool really start to attack. Not of of course not that they wouldn't be attacking all competitions already, but really start to put that focus on the Champions League. Like I remember when Chelsea did it in 2013-14, of course, that famous uh, Gerrard slip game when Chelsea had a very second string 11 because they knew they were playing Atletico Madrid in the, the semifinal. They didn't make the final in the end. But I feel like a similar scenario might end up playing out and now with you know lots of talk about Liverpool's depth the whole squad is fit Luis Diaz has come in the the front sort of five or six options look really good in midfield Harvey Elliott's fit Thiago's fit um like you said it, it, I, th- I think tomorrow morning will be really interesting against Inter um Inter again you know so much talk about them in terms of you know they lost Lukaku Antonio Conte walked away after their their league win last season but they're back or they were on top they're 
second now, but have a game in hand on on Milan at the top. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, a real interesting one. Added the um, the the lack of away goals onto that as well. But it does feel like yeah, City and Liverpool are probably the favourites because you look at the draw and just none of the matchups are really all that exciting. Like Chelsea, Lille, you know, Benfica, Ajax might be a bit of fun because neither are necessarily a a powerhouse, if you like. Obviously, Ajax have massive history in the competition, but I remember when the draws came out and when the draws were actually probably finalised after the the second time around, of course, for the for the Champions League. I look at the Europa League draw and think that is a much more entertaining looking knockout round. Obviously, there's twice the amount of uh, of ties because they have a round of thirty two. But Barcelona, Napoli. Leipzig, Real Sociedad, Porto, Lazio, even I think Sevilla, Dinamo, Zagreb would uh, would would be a nice little tie. Um, actually, no, there aren't extras because the group winners get automatically into the round of sixteen. Yeah, it's so just, this is just the playoffs. A 16. Yeah, um, uh, they're just playing them all in a more condensed. Yeah, so they do the the second in the group plays the the third teams from the Champions League, and they're all on the one down. morning. None of this staggered yeah. <laughs> Champions League fixtures for TV purposes. They're just getting these games out the way. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, almost uh, somewhat ironically, you know, people like to talk down about the Europa League. I honestly think the Europa League lineup is uh, is much more entertaining. But alas, um, I guess that's what um, that's what's happened to elite European football. We uh, we had a, a nice big chat uh, a, a few weeks ago about um, Man City and their their boring success and the the, the impact that money has had. Uh, I think you're absolutely on, right to make football. that connection. That's right. This is again just a broader consequence of that even greater stratification of the very top of the game. And we're just seeing that affect more and more teams and more and more leagues in more and more ways. So it's 